Ah, uh, yes, a midweek Wednesday edition as we are one day away from baseball's opening day. Football training camp starting in just a couple of days. The Sixers have a scrimmage game on Friday, and the Flyers are almost ready to hit the ice. What tickles your fancy the most? Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning producing today's show. You out there, what is up, everybody? Just a quick little day off. I got to say, I've never been to Hershey Park before. That's where I was yesterday. Totally impressed. Really? Not only impressed with the park, there was nobody there. Nobody there. Nobody. I mean, it was almost like you ever see um, the um, Chevy Chase vacation movies, and they go to uh, Wally World, and they have the whole park to themselves, and you just keep riding the same rides. That was yesterday. So you would get off a roller coaster. You'd hop right back in line. Well, I don't your... do roller coasters. I'm afraid of heights. You're anti-roller coaster. I'm not anti. I'm just afraid of heights. Okay. I think I've asked you that before. Yeah, actually. I don't do that. I mean, some of these roller coasters are legit. I mean, they going up like this and then go, no. But yeah, I mean, the group, the people that I was with, they must have ro- rode some of those roller coasters four and five times in a row, like back to back to back. No line. It was funny. There would be a spot in the line that where you entered, and it would say, if you're standing here... That means you have about an hour wait. Well, there was no wait. I mean, I rode, like, the water slides and that kind of stuff yesterday. I mean, I was going on, and, like, you could just, like, my girlfriend's son did the bumper cars, like, ten times in a row. There was nobody there. They just kept riding them around and riding them. So it was, like, cool in that aspect that, and everybody had masks on. I mean, everybody had masks on. I will say, everybody was, now, people had them pulled down a little bit because it was hot. But for the most part... People had masks on almost everywhere. But, you know, like you go to a, a park, you see somebody. You know, I was seeing people like, hey, I saw that guy before. I saw that guy before. Hey, that guy was, a, I mean, like, it was like literally like a class trip and you had the place to yourself. That's what I was going to say. It seemed like a childhood dream when you would go to, I think I went to Dorney Park or something when I was in seventh or eighth grade. But there were so many other schools there. You'd have to wait in so many lines. No line. That is like a dream come true. No lines at all. I was uh, thoroughly impressed, though, at the cleansiness and the spacing and all that stuff. I mean, it was well done. I'll give them. i never been to Hershey Park before, so. I didn't know what kind of uh, you know park I was going. This place is, I mean, it's nice. It's very well kept, um, and uh, so I was impressed. So I got a text from Pete Thompson yesterday, and he sends me some, you know, I don't even remember what it was, and I didn't respond. So then he sent me it again. What? No response. So I sent him a picture back of the Hershey Arena where Wilt scored his 100 point. It's right there at Hershey Park. Well, he tells me that he has some story that's so epic that he wants to come on today to tell this story. Well, I hope it's my college goal because when I scored my last college goal, it was actually in that stadium. Your last or your only? My only. It was my first and last. I'm a stay-at-home defenseman, so I never score, right? Nothing. No. No I'd... blue line slapper? No, nah, it was more of a walk the blue line, low wrist shot, good good screen in front, and it just found its way in. But it, it was only my happened night. once? It only happened once. I'm a stay-at-home defenseman. I don't really score. I do the dirty work. Not out there on the power play, I No, guess. I'm on the PK, though, but I take pride in that. <laughs> You're a PKer. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I was thoroughly impressed. I mean, literally, I was like, oh, man, I wasn't. I was a little concerned, a little nervous about going here like it was going to be packed, and it was not not crowded at all. Yeah, it is a nice place. I've been there before. It's a, it's a very nice park they have. It was Oh, the, that whole part of it was nice. The park's nice, but I'm just talking about 
they had temperatures and mass and people and I mean and it was spaced out. I mean, there wasn't like shoulder to shoulder walk walking through that place. And even if you were waiting in line, they had it all spaced out. They did a really good job. So I don't know those kind of things. Like you're thinking, like who's going to an amusement park and that kind of stuff? Well, I, I guess um, you know it wasn't my idea, but it worked out. Obviously, worked out, right? Yeah, no, it was good. So I know yesterday um, the uh, Phillies finished all their exhibition stuff up. They got that news today with Mookie Betts. So a lot of the real Muto stuff is starting to kind of you know people getting concerned there. That's on the table. Uh, also. We've got uh, Eagles news, football at four. Jeff Mosher will be here as well. Uh, we also have a lot of Sixers stuff we want to dive into. But I want to start with, I guess, the Flyers here. I think this might be the biggest news of the whole thing, right? Whoa. I think so, of course. Kevin yeah. Durso is going to join us, and he has an article up about it right now at 973ESPN.com. You have a video up about it right now. What if Carter Hart is uh, in trouble? What if he's hurt? It would be very disappointing, no doubt about it. Devastating might be the word. Now, Elaine Vigneault spoke today, and he said he's not too worried about it. The report last night from Colby Cohen, who was on the pre- and post-game shows of uh, you know the Flyers' pre-game and post-game shows on NBC Sports Philadelphia, said nothing major, sounds like it's some back spasms, and I don't think that this situation right here is going to be the difference in him playing or not, but with a back, you never know what can happen, and with the nature of a goaltending position where you're flopping around the crease, you're moving post to post, who knows if down the road when games start to become meaningful, maybe a little tweak or some sort of back spasm comes back, so that is where I think you can say, hey, are we a little concerned? Right, I mean, I would say this, if you were excited for the Flyers to come back, and, hey, they can make a run at this thing. If he doesn't play, how much does that change your expectations and excitement to see the Flyers come back, get into this round robin, and then jump into the playoffs with Brian Elliott playing goal? Well, Brian Elliott did have a good season, but he's not Carter Hart. And I don't know how much it changes my expectations just because I don't know what to expect in general with hockey, with no fans, and this, this weird bubble that they're playing in. So I don't know how my expectations would change I just think the excitement level drops completely. Oh, I was going to say, it all changes for me. I mean, Elliot, you said he's he did a nice job. He's a solid but unspectacular guy. You need spectacular. If you want to win a Stanley Cup, if you think you have a legit shot, it's because you can get spectacular play from your goalie, something you haven't had in your lifetime for the most part of people listening out there. Brian Ellick doesn't give you spectacular. He gives you solid, and solid ain't good enough. It changes everything. Carter Hart is a block worthy. He's open the show worthy. And absent from today's practice, yeah, not concerned. Okay, I'll buy it for now. I'll buy the not concerned from now. But the point I'm making is if there is reason to be concerned, I think you throw the Flyers almost right out the window in terms of your excitement level. You ain't winning a Stanley Cup with Brian Elliott. You can maybe win a round, and that's nice. But I think the expectations for this team have changed because of the kid in goal, and if he's not in goal. Now, I'm not sitting here suggesting, do I really think Carter Hart is hurt to the 
uh, extent that he might not be able to be ready to play. Now, he might not be able to play in some of these round-robin games. I don't know. Did you want to see him in those round-robin games? Well, it's funny you bring that up because Elaine Vigneault has been pretty vocal about that. When he was talking about when the playoffs start, he almost overlooked the round-robin and gave the date of the first round actually being what matters. So I don't know how all of these teams approach this situation. On one side, I think it would be important to get high-speed game reps, you're in a game, you're going up against the Bruins, Lightning, Capitals, real teams who are legit when it comes to this league. So one side of me goes, yeah, I would love for Carter Hart to get that type of real game experience, but at the same time, is the risk worth it? So I would lean towards being on the safer side than on the high-risk side when it comes to these round-robins right, games. What if he doesn't play at all in the round-robins? And his first game is game one of the NHL playoffs. I don't think I would like that. At least give me a game. And if you are going to get a game, maybe it's the last game. So then it's like, hey, he's going to get some flow where he ends the round robin and then they go right into the postseason. So I got to at least see one. We can't be pulling the Carson Wentz preseason card, right? Oh, Carson Wentz hasn't played any preseason games. What's it going to be like? And then you don't really know what your expectations are for week one. Right. I don't want to go down that road. I got Flyers pens on Tuesday, 4 o'clock. You'll hear that right here. On 97.3 ESPN. You want to see him in that game. That's a scrimmage. Against the Pittsburgh Penguins? It's a scrimmage game. That's, a, that's an exhibition game. The uh, Sixers game on Friday is a scrimmage. The Tuesday game, that's an exhibition they're calling that. I want to see him in one exhibition, and then I want to see well, him I think in there's only one exhibition. Oh, there's only one. That's all I got from the team anyway. There could be others, but I got, Friday, I got Tuesday the 28th, Flyers-Pens. No, I don't want to see him in that. All right. Then I got a round-robin game Sunday versus Boston. So that's a real – all right, those round-robin games, for people who have no idea – I mean, the Sixers have these games coming up. They are scrimmages. They are just scrimmage games. They're not preseason exhibitions. They're just scrimmages. And, in fact, there's so much scrimmages that they're only playing 10-minute quarters instead of 12. These Flyers games that are going to be the round-robins, if they win the round-robin – they would be the number one seed. So there is something to play for there if the one seed tickles your fancy. Flyers-Boston, Sunday, August 2nd. You want to see him play that game? No, I want to see him play the last one. So you're okay losing to Boston potentially. Then you play on Thursday against the Caps, maybe losing that game. And then you have no shot at the one seed. You still want to play, see them play in like a meaningless round-robin game. Well, you're just throwing out them losing in those other games. I think Moose can actually provide a little spark for them to still win a game or two. Or Who knows? You well, know? I'm not saying they can. I'm just maybe the potential of, hey, you just lost to Boston. You just lost to Washington. Now you're playing Tampa 0-2 in your round-robin. You can't get the number one seed. Do you? That, my point is... You could be holding Carter Hart just to see him play a game that really has no meaning. Right. In terms of getting the first seed, it might not have any meaning, but I can't see a scenario where you throw Carter Hart into the fire as soon as the actual playoffs start. you got to find a way to get him some sort of legit play in in some of these round-robin games. you got to find a way to get him on the ice at some point, don't you think? You can't go yeah, zero I'm all games. For, I'm all for it. Look, and I get it. Like, I'm not big preseason football guy. Like, hey, get these guys out there playing. I got to see them get a, a a whole series in together, and I don't need to see them play a half. I get times have changed. I can understand if the entire league 
was playing preseason football and the Eagles were this one team that decided we're not playing anybody. Nobody's playing anybody. If the Eagles were the one team that decided we're going to play our guys and everybody wasn't and then your guy got hurt, you would say, why are the Eagles playing guys? So I am by no means play guys in meaningless games because they need to get their reps in. I'm, I'm definitely not that guy. But in this situation where you haven't played since March and it's going to be a weird environment anyway, I probably would like to see your guys play these round-robin games so that they have some sort of – because the difference between the Eagles and all the teams aren't doing it and they're all kind of going into September and they have a full season to get ready for the Flyers, you're going right into the first round of the playoffs. You don't want to see Rusty play uh, through four games of the of the playoffs, and then in game five you're down three games to none, and you're or, or you know you're down three games to one, and you're like, oh, now we're finally just kind of hitting stride, and then you're eliminated. Absolutely, that is the difference. It's not like this is September for the Flyers, and Carter Hart's not going to play, but then he plays all these games in October, November, December, and then by the playoffs this isn't even a discussion. You're getting thrown right into the fire, right into the beast of playoff hockey where playoff hockey, the intensity, it is way more. I mean, it is multiplied by maybe 15 of what it is the regular season, and with such a big amount of time off, you got to find a way to prepare yourself physically, mentally for that type of battle. So when you're in the corner, I'm not even talking about Carter Hart at this point. I'm talking about all the players. When you're in the corner right now and Elaine Vigneault is dropping the puck during a scrimmage, I mean, it's not even close to the same as when Brad Marchand is behind you giving you some cross checks to the back of the neck. So you got to find a way to prepare yourself mentally and physically, and you got to do it by playing some of these games. Now, I'm glad you brought up uh, Brad Marchand. And you might be thinking, where the hell is this going? Not that Brad Marchand is part of this group, but he's a pretty good player. No doubt about it. Did you see the three players that were up for the MVP award? I did. That might be part of the NHL's problem. Why is that? I don't know that anybody listening has heard of any of the three of them. Really? I couldn't tell you what teams any of those three guys were on except for McKinnon. Really? Yep. Never heard of the other two guys. And they're up for the MVP. Panarin. No clue? Huge signing last year for the Rangers. I mean, huge. I don't know that 90% of the audience has any idea who he is and what team he was on until you just said that. What about Dreisaitl? <laughs> I can't. What? You're not a big fan of Dreisaitl? The guy is unbelievable. He's up for the MVP. If I said to name an Edmonton Oiler, I bet you 98% of the people listening that would not certainly be the first Oiler that they would name if they could name one. They have to know Connor McDavid. Right. Yet, how many people out there would know that there's a guy on the team who's actually better than him? Exactly. 110 points in 71 and, games. Okay. Not only is there a guy on the team that is better than him, you have no idea who he is. Well, and, I don't know if he's actually... He's not actually better than him overall. He just has more points at the moment. Okay. Well, he's up for the MVP of the league. Right. And the team is about two games over 500 with two of the best players on the planet. Just real quick back to the MVP thing, though. Going with Connor McDavid would be like going with LeBron James. At some point, the NHL won't give it to Crosby, won't give it to McDavid, because it's almost a boring pick. He could win it every year, you know? Sure, okay, but 
I mean, if that's the case, if you're the NHL and people are like, ah, you're, you you can't be giving your, your top award to three guys that nobody can place what team they're on, one of which, by the way, Panarin's team was second from the bottom of their division. He was They're so the second good. worst team in the division. Panarin is disgusting. I'm I mean, not, he is filthy. People I'm not should know who away, he is. I'm not taking away. Are you disagreeing with me, though? Now what? That people don't know who they are? Most people have no idea who they are and what team they're on. I will say I am so connected to the hockey world that it. I get that people don't know who they are, but it's hard for me to comprehend that. All right. Now, if I told you in the NBA that Bradley Beal was up for the MVP, he's great. He's a tremendous player. The team's awful. The Rangers and the Edmonton Oilers, by the way, both of those teams are, I would classify as mediocre. And you're telling me that three of your MVP candidates, two of them are on teams that are are merely mediocre. Well, it's That's a problem. These guys are putting up 100 points in their 70 games that they've played, so how can you not put them into the equation? Like, you're putting up 70 All right, Bradley Beal leads points. the league in scoring, right? Yeah, but scoring in the NBA, because it, it is a little different with the way scoring in the NBA relates to point production in the NHL. I get that. Yeah. I, I'm totally on board with what you're saying there. But a, a big problem is your star players, you're now telling me, are on teams that are merely average. Well, I mean, even Colorado is... I guess they're good. No, yeah, they're, they're good. They're good. They're good. Well, remember, three years ago, well, I guess it was the 2017 season, Claude Giroux had 102 points, and he was a finalist. We know him because he's in this area, but Claude Giroux is a big name in the NHL, and he was in the running with 102 points just a couple seasons ago. Is that ridiculous to have him in the running when the Flyers weren't really that great that season? Probably. But, see, I think you're relating it to team success when this is a— Well, every other season. I mean, every other sport. You have good players on bad teams. There's no question about it. You ha you're going to have good players on bad teams. But in every other sport, the good player on the bad team is not up for the league's top award. It's well, just, that's because... You would never see a non-playoff team. By the way, the Rangers are essentially a non-playoff team. They're only in this for whatever cockamamie reason that the NHL decided to bring 24 teams. They don't have Zion Williamson, so I can't come up with a conspiracy theory. But the Rangers aren't even a playoff team. And they have an MVP candidate. So that would be like saying that, hey, Bryce Harper is the MVP of the league. Oh, and by the way, the Phillies were under 500. Well, the people would be like, that's ridiculous. Well, what if Bryce Harper hits 63 home runs, hits in 140 RBI? I mean, that's kind of what 100 points is in 70 games. And here's the difference, though. In the NBA, on bad teams, you'll find someone like Bradley Beal who averages 30 points per game because he gets the ball all the time. It's such a high-scoring game. If you go to these teams that are at the bottom of the league, you won't find 100-point guys. Like, the Rangers were, if the season continued normally, the Rangers were so hot that they probably would have snuck into that last spot in the, in the playoffs. So they're like a first team out, if you will. If you go down the list on these NHL teams, you won't find that Bradley Beal. You won't find that 100-point guy who's sitting in the last-place team of the NHL. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Look, I'm not taking away from the, the, the accomplishment, but don't you agree that... A team that would never happen in any of the other sports. But I don't think that that's wrong. Because let me throw another example at you. The Flyers are good this year, right? But the reason why the Flyers are so good is because of their depth scoring. So when you look at the Flyers roster and stats this year, no one really pops like, damn, he is having an amazing year. They just have a lot of guys, 12 forwards, who are all producing at a good rate. So the Flyers are a good team this year, better than the Rangers. 
But you can't put anybody in that equation for an MVP like you can Panarin, who's close to 100 points, because there's no one who really stands out like that. They're just a good team where everyone's kind of playing their role. Does that make sense? I understand. All of the arguments you're making are making some sort of sense. I'm just going back to, in this is the NHL's problem. The average guy listening right now, I just named three guys who were up for the MVP award, and I'm giving you McKinnon, by the way. I'm giving you him. I don't think people know who he is. I really don't. I, I, and I don't know that they do either. I'm just giving you him because he has been around uh, on that team for long enough that people prop. I say probably. I don't. I, I don't think they do. I've heard of McKinnon. I'm going to put up a Twitter poll here and ask the people if they know who any of these players are because I'm curious. And I think that I think you are right. I think you are right. People do not know who they are, but because I'm so connected to the league. It is a little crazy at the same time, but I do think you're right. Like, what can the NHL do to fix this problem? Because I know one big thing is you don't see the stars. You don't see their faces. It's not like the NBA, but when you are watching something on NBC, they do have the Wednesday night rivalry. You'll have Crosby's face, Ovechkin's face. There are promotions on NBC for hockey games because they do promote a lot of them, but what yeah. more can you do? I mean, this would be the equivalent, kind of, if Bradley Beal, Trey Young, and Dame Lillard were up for the... MVP award because they're top five in scoring. The Beal is second in scoring behind Harden, so Beal would be like, you know, Panarin being on a, a team that is not a playoff team. I mean, they're the, the the Washington Wizards were the invited team from the East. They ain't making it. Trey Young, their team's even worse. And Dave Lillard would be like uh, Edmonton. I mean, they're kind of in the playoffs, but they, I, I mean. Here's a counter, though. The reason why these teams, like the Rangers... A lot of people know who Dame Lillard, Trey Young, and Bradley Beal Right. Well, that's just, I think, the nature of the NBA being a way bigger league that a lot of people around the country follow more so than just hockey. But I will say... But if I told you, I'm watching... I only saw this because SportsCenter did something on it last night. Otherwise, I would have no clue that they were even up for the award, the three of them. They just did something on all three of them. And I said, who the hell are these guys? These are the three best players in the whole league. They are. Like, but if this season... So if SportsCenter did something on the three guys and it was Ovechkin and Crosby, you know, and Marchand, which made me think of this when you said his name, I'm glad that you brought it because it kind of put the light on my head, um, that, uh, you know, by the way, Marchand would probably not be one of the, I mean, uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Pastor, uh, oh, pa- Pasternak. On Boston. Boston. He would be there. He, now, he could be an MVP candidate. I would have to agree. I've heard of him. He's got an almost 100-point season himself. Yeah. He's not in up for the MVP. So no. that's preposterous. Well, here's the thing. The teams that they're on, the Rangers, who I said were on one hell of a tear that could have made the playoffs if the, thing, if the season continued normally. And when you look at the Oilers, who are in the spot that they are, which that whole Pacific division, you can relate it to the NFC East last year. Someone's going to make the playoffs, but it's kind of like default because there's no real powerhouse. Without those players that we're mentioning, they're not even close to being in that spot. That's how important they are to those teams. Yeah, no, look, and the two Edmonton players are first and second in the league in scoring. It's so crazy to watch these two guys play on the ice. It's magic. And yet that team's about 500. Yeah. Okay, uh, Pasternak is third in scoring. He's not up for the MVP. Uh, Panarin is tied with him. So. Just by that, Panarin's team is not a playoff team, and the other guy's the number one seed in the league. How does Panarin make it as – so you're telling me he had 95 points, Panarin did. Great. There's a guy on the number one seed in the league who had just as many points 
and he's not up for the MVP award. Well, I think because they looked at it as Panarin is – I'm not saying the, the Bruins would be just as good without Pasta, but they are a way deeper team to the point where if you take the Rangers – if you take Panarin off the Rangers, they are a complete yeah, dumpster fire. I get fire. that, but I could – okay – for for and this goes back to you would never see that it, like Bradley Beal they're not very good if you took Beal off the the Wizards they might be historically bad true but just because he's on that team and making them average doesn't mean he's the MVP of the league yeah but I think once again it it comes down to the difference in in the NBA you're gonna have players on bad teams who get the rock and who will score and average a lot of points because that's the nature of the NBA you score points in hockey. You don't have that 100-point scorer on bad teams. So in the NBA, when you look at these bad teams, I, I can't get behind how much they score and how much that relates to the rest of the league because everyone's scoring a lot of points in the NBA. Not everyone's scoring a lot of points in the NHL. All right, good conversation. Zubin Mahenti, um, we will be joined by him on the other side. You will hear Zubin starting August 17th. He will be the new host of the new morning show on 97.3 ESPN. He'll give you the details on that. We'll ask him about the uh, MVPs in hockey because, quite frankly, um, I, I was watching this on SportsCenter last night. It was like, who are these guys? I mean, I've heard of the guys, but like... Yeah, I got you. It's like a sarcasm thing. Like, yeah, come on, who like, are these guys? Uh, I mean, these are the best three guys in the league. You're trying to put your league on the pedestal. Here's our MVPs. And I don't think most fans have any clue well, who these guys fair, are. Well, to be fair, they deserve it, though. So what are they supposed to say? Well, since people don't know you, we're not even going to put you on the list. If they deserve it, no, they deserve it. No, it's like Aaron Nola when he was in the Cy Young Award. Eh, it was cute, but he was third. The other two guys were names. They got to be first and second. Noel, you're third. Well, they also deserved it, too. DeGrom winning it, he definitely deserved it. Uh, Sports Pass brought to you today by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. It's Matt Black Kia, Black Horse by Gag Arbor Township. Micah Broad, Zuba Mahenti, Jason Fitz, Kevin Durso, football at four. On 97.3 ESPN. All right, bottom of the hour, Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN. Mike and Broads taking you until, of course, 6 o'clock tonight. Don't forget, we've got live basketball. The Sixers scrimmage on Wednesday, well, or excuse me, on Friday. We'll have it live for you here on 97.3 ESPN. Our next guest, he will be the new host of the new morning show starting August 17th right here on 97.3 ESPN. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and the host of the show, Zubin Mahenti, will join us now. Now, Zubin's an interesting guy. He's been all over the place, including right here in New Jersey. Who knew? Now, Pete Thompson was listening. Now, he is texting me nonstop saying that Zubin knows him. I said, everybody knows you, Pete Thompson. Apparently, Zubin worked in Des Moines and PT worked in Nebraska. And I said, you know, they're different states, PT. But apparently, Zubin also worked at TV 40, which is no longer here, where PT, of course, was the sports director for years. So let's bring now Zubin Behenti in. He's the new host of the morning show, August 17th, 6 to 10, right here on 97.3 ESPN. Now, Zubin, please tell me that Pete is lying, that you actually don't know him. No, I absolutely know I absolutely know him. I would also tell you, in his defense, Iowa and Nebraska share a border, so you're closer than you really think with us, even out in the Midwest. i got to tell you something, guys. This, I've done 11 interviews today. I think I have one, two, three, four, five more, and then we're doing a bunch again on August 4th. When I saw this one pop up, I was so excited to do it. I did work at TV40. Um, I did work for Jane Stark. I was there for one year in 2000, 20 years ago. I grew up in New Jersey. I, here's the thing. I grew up in New Jersey in Mercer County, 
And I went to Rutgers, so I spent the first 22 and then 23 years of my life. I remember I was working in New York behind the scenes. I had accepted the job at, at TV40 where John Clark and Jeff Skaversky and Eric Yeffe and some of these great guys have worked. And I know the first two are still around the South Jersey Philly area. I actually took public transport. I was just I was like a young kid. I didn't really have much at all. And I took a bus from New York City uh, down to the station. And I remember they let me off on a patch of grass. I, I assume, I know the station is now defunct, but I stepped off the bus. It was searing hot, August 25th, 2000. Uh, a patch of grass between a 7-Eleven yep. and the station, maybe like a quarter mile from mainland high school. And I was like, here we go. We're going to do it. And um, I've lost touch with him over the years. I really hope he's still alive. He was an amazing man to me. He's an elderly guy. I don't know if Tom Williams is still around. Oh, yeah. He does um, work with he us was, here. Oh, please tell him I said hello because I know he'd been covering Ocean City. I lived on 4th Street. He'd been covering Ocean City sports for like 50 years. Here I'm some wet behind the ears guy. We're walking into Cape May County for the first time, probably in my life. I'd grown up in Mercer County, went to, high, you know, went to college at Rutgers up a little north. This guy welcomed me so much. And I, I, I still remember 20 years ago, I was only there for one year. It's the shortest place I've ever worked. I've been at ESPN 9. But just to be a part of a group of guys like that, like Tom, and I'll give you a funny little story. The Atlantic City, the press of Atlantic City was always ranking the great high school teams. And, you know, Mike Gearman, who was the sports director at the time, we got together and we were like, hey, man, we're the only TV station. The press of Atlantic City obviously has a lot more street cred. Michael McGarry was there at the time. He was doing all the rankings. Still there. And I said, why don't we have a – oh, great. Oh, please tell him I said hello. And I said, listen, why don't we do our own rankings? We don't have the press of Atlantic City. We don't have that cachet. We're just a couple of dudes. He's from Florida. I'm from Central Jersey. But um, let's do it, and let's hand out a trophy to the team that wins. And I'm pretty sure I remember the, the, the trophy we handed out 20 years ago went to Hamilton High School. I know – Pete Lancetta was the coach at the time, one of the greatest coaches in South Jersey history, I would imagine. I don't think he's probably there anymore, but I still remember. Well, it's funny you said he, he actually he retired from there, and then about two years later, he went to St. Augustine. So he is now the coach at St. Augustine. Ah. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm glad to see he's still going. I remember Coach Degan Hart at Ocean City. We used to go to Egg Harbor, Atlantic, I mean, all over the place. And we, he walked into our studio one day. And we just gave him this, like, we, we had to buy a trophy as cheap as possible, right? The budget was just like, there they are, the 2000 TV40 team of the year. <laughs> it's Hamilton High School. And Coach Lance, he was terrific. He came in. He came to the 6 o'clock news. And I, I'm really thrilled to be honest with you guys. That's where my career started. And, and fortunately, it's gone the right way. I've caught a lot of breaks. As a lot of people on TV and radio will tell you, you need some people along the way to, to really just give you a, a cut to your break. And I've had too many of those people. So I'm, I'm happy to be with you. Well, that's great. Uh, by the way, the 7-Eleven is closed. When Pete Thompson and TV40 went out of business, 7-Eleven went out with it. But the building is still there, as is the TV40 building. It's now a uh, air conditioning, climate control building, I believe. Uh, Pete Thompson does a Saturday show for us. Tom Williams does high school football for us. And Mike McGarry still covers high school f for the newspaper. So there you go. You got uh, a, a little... Uh, um, you know, overview of where all those people you just mentioned all are. But uh, so everybody's going to get to hear you six to ten, starting August seventeenth. It sounds like a really cool show that you guys are going to be putting together. So how did uh, how did the three of you? How was like this all put together? Because I find this to be an interesting threesome. So yeah, yes, I definitely believe we. Uh, I, I think it's fair to say, even though I'm uh, not a radio veteran by any means, that. Uh, this is probably one of the more unique pairings in sports talk radio right? history. I think that's fair to say. 
Uh, it's a little bit different, that's for sure. Um, for me, I'm a TV guy. I've been doing TV for 20 years, whether it was working at TV 40 or working at ESPN here for the last nine years doing SportsCenter in the late night uh, editions. I worked in Iowa and Denver in between. Um, so I'm a TV guy. So they actually called me one day. And they just offered it. I knew the show was going to be changing. And uh, I've always been amazed at how many people in the press cover the press. That never really used to be a gigantic thing. But with how many people are covering the media, um, I've seen some things that uh, they wanted to do something different. I know Trey wanted to move to a different sort of lifestyle. Trey Wingo is currently the host with Mike Golick. And I had no idea I was up for it. I was thrilled to be called. They called me one day right before we were scheduled to do a show, maybe four or five hours, four and a half hours. And uh, they offered it, and it's something that, you know, as a sports center anchor or as a TV anchor, you know, it's golf vernacular, right? It's like 250 down the middle. Like, I'm not here to cause any waves. Somebody like Scott Van Pelt and, or Stephen A. Smith, if they have a lot of equity, they can say things. But my job is to go out there, give you the scores, give you the highlights, why it's important, have some fun, entertain, inform, hopefully leave you with something, good context. But this is going to be a little bit different because not only is the, uh, the time length different, not only is the day part different, um, but we have to come up with a plan A, which is we have sports like it's Monday, September 13th. And we're about to have Monday Night Football on ESPN, Steelers, Giants, Titans, Broncos. And we're coming off Brady versus Breeze. I think we'll be able to talk about that. But what if there's no NFL? Then there's going to be a plan B. I mean, as you know, baseball schedule will start tomorrow. Uh, and then you've got the NBA and the NHL. All those three sports are going to start within eight days of each other. They're going to start, but are they going to finish? And I know how big high school football is. Where you guys, I mean, I've spent so many nights at, you know, Atlantic City or Ocean City or Egg Harbor. Or, I mean, I, I, somebody actually told me, did St. Joseph's close? Because that was a huge powerhouse when I was It was, there. and now it's reopening under, like, a new name. Okay, so Wildwood. We go all these places. And I know how big high school football is. And I think that's a huge concern because if you take the high school and college athletes and you look at the unpaid labor force, especially for high school, at least with college, you can say they have a scholarship cost of attendance. But if you're in the NBA bubble, yeah, you might get coronavirus, but you're also being compensated greatly for being there. There's an inherent risk of doing anything at any time. So it'll be interesting to see what we have and what we don't have all the way from high school all the way up. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Zuba Mahenti's our guest, and uh, you're going to hear him starting August 17th right here uh, during the mornings uh, with Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and the host, Zuba Mahente. All right, so we got a question for you. We were just talking about this before you came on. Do you know any of these NHL MVP finalists? Are you aware of any of the three guys? Who are they? I'll tell you if I've heard of them. All right, we got Artemi Panarin. Leon Dreisaitl and Nathan McKinnon. Oh, he goes nickname. He went nickname. He knows who he <laughs> okay. is. He went Breadman. So Breadman is our Tempe Panarin. I, I spent too many nights with Barry Melrose here doing hockey. We have a big hockey show on ESPN+. Plus. Um, Dreisaitl actually is probably having one of the most underrated seasons in NHL history. If you're a fan, you know, but because of where he plays and, like, it's the NHL, you know what I mean by that, with the four major pro, he's not getting a lot of shine, but his numbers are off the charts. And I actually used to work in Denver, uh, so I know McKinnon uh, pretty well. So I actually, I'm not a big hockey guy. I'm not, uh, I'm not Barry Melrose or Don Cherry or anything like that, but in, in this particular case, I can go three for three. I just said, because I was watching SportsCenter last night when they unveiled these three guys, I said, I would imagine that 90% of our audience right now has no idea who at least two of the three of those guys are, and they're up for the biggest award in the league. 
Yeah, if, unless it's Ovi or Crosby or any of these guys, no one really knows. Um, you know, we just – when those things happen, like either Bucci or Levy has to be sitting there. We need, like, a hockey guy to do that segment because, you know, <laughs> if you look at the way even, like, dry side is pronounced, you could look at it and be like, oh, boy, I'm going to butcher that. And <laughs> so many times over the years. I can totally relate to that. But I think dry is going to win it. I, I have – I have no idea. I'm not the puck daddy, Greg Wyshynski, so don't hold me to it. But I'll I'll choose uh, I'll choose dry stuff. Great stuff. Uh, so by the way, on the Tom Williams front, real quick. Last night I was driving home from Hershey, PA, and Tom just randomly called me just to chat. How about that? He is. I can't even explain it to you. Like <laughs> I said, when I walked in, I was just like, I. My first night, I remember I drove down to like Wildwood or somewhere. And it was dark. There's no GPS, right? You actually had to take out, like, a map book. We had some car that I think had, like, four functioning wheels. And I'm like, I got to get back and edit this for the 11 o'clock news. And I didn't know any of the roads. I didn't know anything. I didn't even have a car at that point. So I wasn't even driving around learning the roads. This dude comes right up to me, introduces himself. We did some stuff at the casinos. And, I mean, I love living in Ocean City. Eventually, I had to move to Ventnor because I couldn't afford Ocean City in the summer. (laughs) But it was one of those things where he was one of the first guys – to come out and I think when I left to go to Iowa he was one of the first guys to reach out and send a note back then no texting you actually had to really pick up the phone or do some real work like you had to actually talk to another human being or email them so (laughs) if you do see him and I love getting down during the summer I just haven't been back for so many years because things have gotten so hectic here but it's one of those things where if you do see him please pass on a heartfelt hello for me I certainly will, and uh, yeah, it's funny. You started, I guess, Pete's texted me, and I. So you didn't actually cross cross paths with Pete at TV Forty. Correct. When he was there, I was not there. Mike Dearman took over as a sports director, but there's a little fraternity because, as you know, whether you're a news anchor or a sports reporter or a weather person at a station like that, that station generally, not always. Um, you know, Pinky, of course, was a legend, but generally there's a lot of turnover in the market. So, like I said, within a span of five years, whether it's Pete, Mike Dearman, John Clark is in Philly, Jeff Skaversky is in Philly, Eric Yutzi, myself, news reporters, um, you see all these people turn over. And if you continue to stay in the profession, it's one of those things you'll always have that bond. And, hey, remember that first time we went out on a story and we we, we didn't know what we were doing? (laughs) We were just hoping the video wasn't blue and we didn't know how to open the tripod. (laughs) Those types of stories. I'm I'm sure sure Pete wanted somebody that he could hire that could open the tripod. But it's one of those things where you think about it because as far as you've gone, 20 years flies. I mean, mean, I'm 42. It's hard to believe. Honestly, it's just gone so fast. But those memories still stay because those are the ones where if you can stick it out, and learn and grow and make mistakes and not let it really affect you, it, it, it benefits you so much down the line. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Pete was there, and I was uh, doing radio, and they needed someone to fill in because Dearman left. Pete took his job, and they needed someone to do the weekends. So I did the weekends for a month until they found somebody uh, to take that job full-time. And then when Pete was uh, done over there, he was my co-host here crazy how it's all TV is a small world right it's a it's crazy not an channel universe but it's a tiny small world well we're looking forward to hearing you a lot of energy in the morning uh that starts august 17th zubin mahente Keyshawn johnson jay williams sports are back zubin will be new we're going to be hearing a lot from him and of course uh, he like all guests appeared via the boardwalk honda hotline zubin congratulations and we look forward to hearing you man all right, have some Mac Mancos for me. Appreciate it. <laughs> Take care. Zuba Matt, the, uh, the new host of the morning show here on 97.3 ESPN. And that's good energy, man. 
No doubt You're about it. You're going to hear that 6 to 10. He'll be telling local stories, it sounds like. That's cool to have that um, tie into the station uh, with Zuba Mahente. I was always a big fan of his work. I think he does a great job. He does do a great job. And okay. he knew all three of those uh, guys. I know. How about that? He even went nickname. He went Bread. Did you know his nickname was Bread? Who, McKinnon? No. <laughs> Come on. That was a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just making sure. No, I did not know Unless his Unless you're playing that off. No, I mean, maybe I that was your guess. No, I didn't, I didn't think McKinnon's nickname was Breadman, but I did not know it was Panarin's either. But I could see why. What's the uh, poll up to? Now, this is, like a, this is like a biased poll. I know. I hate doing this, but there's no other way for me to do it. I would like to retweet it even if we did it from the station's account, but it is a little biased because of the hockey followers that I have. But we are at a 41% say, who the hell are they? So oh, they wow. don't know any of them. So your Twitter account, which has a lot of hockey guys, still 41% don't know. That tells right. you to me almost 75 probably don't know. Well, we can't just start throwing numbers out there. Six. South Jersey's number one sports talk radio show on 97.3 ESPN-FM. All right, thanks to Zuba Mahenti, uh, host of the new morning show starting August 17th. And by the way, uh, 97.3 ESPN, going to be having a couple of changes starting August 17th. They're going to have a whole bunch of new names and faces and stuff happening. We'll give you more details on that here in just a little bit. But first, number one. I don't give Mahinty credit for knowing those uh, hockey guys because he said he did the stuff with uh, Melrose. Well, what do you mean? He said he's not a hockey guy. He's just guy. good at his job that he remembers the names of the guys. Well, he went nickname. Yeah, he did because I'm sure during those segments on SportsCenter that um, Melrose goes nickname. Well, you got to give him a little bit of credit. I do, for remembering. For remembering? Yeah. See, that's unfair. He knew who they were. I know that. Well, then he did his job. He answered the question. He's good at his job. Now, see, now you're just trying to to move the goalposts, if you will. Do you know any of the MVP finalists who are in the NHL? You could vote now at 973 ESPN, at Broads81, at Mike Gill Show. And right now, 40% say, who the hell are they? 40% say, yes, I know all three. 9% say, yes, I know two. And 9% say, yes, I know one. It just moved. Well, even if someone knows one, I still look at it as that's not enough. Because you should know who all these I three agree. are. That was my whole point, is that these three guys are up for MVP of the league. They are supposed to be some of the most recognizable players in your league. And some people only know one of the three. But let's be realistic. If you are not a hockey fan, like, I know why you're bringing it up, because the hockey, the people who are not hockey fans won't know who they are. But... You talk about being recognizable in the league. If you do follow the sport of hockey, you like you know who they are and you know how great they actually are. So, yeah. in terms of, I'm not trying to knock them either. I'm no, just I saying know. It's, it's like it's an interesting conversation. It was an eye-opening it thing. Is. Yeah, it is because sports. When you talk about the best in the game in all of sports, even if you're not diehard in that particular sport, you would think you would know the top players in the league. No question. That was kind of the point behind. I'm not knocking. I'm just saying. Like, it's weird that hockey seems to have been separated from the other three by so much that the very best players in the league are not recognizable. And That's I, all. I, no, it's it's a very interesting point, and I find myself sometimes with, like, my back against the wall, like, oh, I got to support hockey, right? Like, I find myself having to really defend the sport of hockey, but at the same time, I totally understand that it's not even close to these other sports. So, I'm in a weird spot here. All right, quick news on the Flyers. Oscar Lindblom, seven months after cancer, 
Uh, cancer, boom, check, done. Uh, kicked its ass, right? Signed a three-year extension today, $9 million, and he's expected to practice and travel with the team to Toronto. And today, Chuck Fletcher did not rule out him playing. Whoa. I did not know about the whole traveling with the team thing. I did see the contract, and that was great news. But going with the team. The, that uh, Fletcher says he hopes that Limbaum will be with the team in the bubble. That is incredible. Really, that's incredible. He's up for an award. So is Sean Couturier, and so is Elaine Vigneault. Fletcher said the Flyers are not ruling out anything with Limbaum, so they're not ruling out Limbaum practicing or playing in Toronto. Could you imagine if he scored the game-winning Stanley Cup goal in Game 7 after Carter Hart makes an outstanding save on the other end? Oh, the hair on my arms is standing up. I can see it. Kevin Durso, get him on the horn, 340 today.